your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 498 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains coming off a win for the Ottawa Senators. 3-1, the final score in Buffalo with a lot of impressive performances. Yeah, Ross, it may have been a bit of a boring game, but who cares if it's boring if you come away with the W and Craig Anderson's first game up against the Senators. Didn't go exactly as, as he planned it would. As you bring back a retro name in Sensland, that was a Guy Boucher-esque victory. Yes. The system was in effect, not allowing a shot for 22 minutes, middle of the second to middle of the third period. Tons to break down from this game, including, do we have a couple new trade candidates emerging? Pierre Doria was on record with Pierre Lebrun with The Athletic. We'll break down that conversation and... The Belleville Sens begin a stretch of four games in five nights. So let's head into the weekend with a prospect roundup. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Friday, February 18th in Pilsey. Chalk up another season series win. Ottawa taking this one against Buffalo, and they win the season series two out of three. Yep, and this is a season series, Ross, at the start of the season. You're hoping the Sens get a win here because it's been a long time since they got to play a team like the Buffalo Sabres, and even with all the injuries, they were able to get a win here, and the puck line hit, Brady scored, Zach Sanford had a nice goal, Holden with two assists. Like There was a lot of positives from this game when you consider that they're without a lot of their top guys. What was your number one positive or takeaway from this game? I think uh, probably the penalty kill, Ross, because this team got into penalty trouble very early. Eric Brandstrom, I should say, got into penalty trouble very early with three minors before we're halfway through the game even. So for this team to be able to bear down and be able to shut down uh, the Sabres power play, which maybe when you say it, you're like, oh, no, the Sabres power play. But they're actually a decent power play percentage wise, right? Uh, and with Jeff Skinner heating up, that's one of the one of the best snipers in the league for quite a while. So you got to watch out for him, that's for sure. But they only allow the one power play goal, which really wasn't a typical uh, power play goal because it was more a breakout with that no one was covering Okpozo on the far yeah. side there, which kind of nice move. It, nice it, move. It, and it was a nice move. Okposo. Head scratch, though, that the both Sens defensemen were on the other side of the ice and just let him slip <laughs> behind them. Not sure how that happened. And the Sabres go up one nothing, and you're starting to think, oh, man, this is a tight checking game. A one nothing uh, lead could be a big deal here. Like, they could just hold on to this. And uh, Craig Anderson, we've seen it before, Ross, can shut <laughs> down games. And he can just say, okay, guys, you got me one. That's good enough. But luckily, the Sens were able to bounce back. I don't know if you saw the stat a little while ago. It was most games with um, with more than 30 saves for the Ottawa Senators and getting a victory. and Or sorry, 40 saves or more. I was going to say 40 is probably even something you could do there. 
40 saves or more. And it was like Hammond had three. Forsberg has two, I think, both from this year, however. Yep. And then Anderson was at 17. This guy <laughs> had just been peppered for so long yeah. in the Senators' crease. And he was playing well, making some classic Andy saves, kicking pucks out, staying on his feet. He's just so much fun. I hope if he can have a good couple weeks here, I hope a, a contending team picks him up because even in the playoffs last year, when he got thrown in with Washington, yep. he still played well. He is an absolute gamer. Love what I saw from him. My biggest takeaway is Anton Forsberg and not only what he continued to prove. He had that, that game against Anaheim where he still had like a plus 900 save percentage, but there were those stinkers in there. And the what was it, the next game where he lifted the pad? What game was that? Who were they playing? Carolina? I that think was it was Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. It was. Anyways. Those little mistakes aside, and every goalie will make them. Over the last 16 games, how's that for a sample size? A 930 save percentage for Anton Forsberg. He's just kicking him out left, right, center. And what it would really impress me is that before they reached their, their dry spell for the Sabres offense, he still had to make 10 saves in the first half of that second period. And during that time, Ottawa was shorthanded. Uh, with that Branstrom high-sticking penalty against Jeff Skinner, and then Dylan Gambrell took a slash on Alex Tuck, and then Branstrom took another penalty. So before the stretch started, that was three straight penalty kills, and he was making all the saves he needed to allow Ottawa the momentum to ultimately go out, and after they killed off that third consecutive penalty, then Zach Sanford gets on the board, and the momentum starts rolling from there. So that was an Anton Forsberg win in my books. For sure. He had a lot to do with that one last night. Definitely. Yeah. And you and you mentioned it. Uh, he had to make 10 saves uh, as a penalty killer, right? And only allowed the one goal. And you talked about it in the postcast a bit last night, Ross, but I think it's a good point, especially goalies. You'll know this goalie-friendly show. Sometimes not having a shot for that long isn't good because you get out of the game. You... You have to stay in it, not just physically, Ross, but mentally. You need to stay sharp. And the Sabres, that's the kind of scenario where they could have just all of a sudden had an odd man rush, a good shot, and Forsberg's feeling cold, a little rusty, and he lets a stinker go through. So you got to credit Forsberg for keeping his head in the game. And when the Sabres did finally get that shot and had the empty net, he was still sharp and he was able to shut the door. So definitely a great game by Forsberg. And you mentioned his stats, like, Put Matt Murray's stats in there too recently, and this team has had some of the best goaltending in the entire league, really. So it's too bad that they get the best goaltending when they have no offensive firepower and all their best offensive players are out. That's the way it goes if you're a Sens fan, but it's nice to at least look at one area of the game and be like, all right, that November goaltending was a big issue. Last season to start last uh, last year, goaltending was a big issue. Now you can't really blame the Tendies. Pilsy, we're going to go to our favorite segment on this show, trivia. Since January 2nd, how <laughs> Which many is when teams... 2022 started, officially. <laughs> how many teams have a better goals against average than the Ottawa Senators? Calgary Flames. You'd think it's just one team? And, uh, and maybe St. Louis? Billy Huso's been really hot. I'll, I'll, no. I'll say those two. No. Calgary's close. Calgary's fifth on this list. Yeah, that's all I got. The Colorado Avalanche, who have won 18 of their oh, last true. 21 games, yeah. are the only team. The only team, Pilsy, with a lower goals against average than the Ottawa Senators, who have allowed 2.39 goals per game over wow. their last 18. 
So how's that for a sample size there? The only problem, Pilsy, is that out of the top, out of the top six teams, I'll let you guess which one's Ottawa here. Goals four per game. Of the top six teams in allowing goals, these are how they're scoring goals. 4 3.94, 3.75, 3.62, 3.18. Or do you think the Senators are 2.67? Uh, 2.67. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, those two was, shutouts help. But that, I was waiting a, for a two there, Ross. I was like, there's no way the Sens are averaging three goals in that span. Yeah, yeah. It was the Wild, by the way, who are averaging over four goals per game over the last uh, 15. So that being said, the Senders clearly shutting it down defensively. And it obviously helps, too. They've got the fourth best penalty kill in the yep. National Hockey League over that stretch also. So, man, th- this is a team where you're starting to see the skeleton of I feel like we've said this before, but it's a different kind of skeleton. Before it was that you had your top pair and with Shabbat and Zub, and then you had your top line, and you're like, okay, you can start building from there. Now it's like, all right, we've got the goaltending and the penalty killing. Now we need the power play and the offense to come to life. But it wouldn't it be nice if they could just have everything come together here at once? Wouldn't it be nice if we mm-hmm. could score and not get scored on? Tyler Ennis, Tyler Ennis, <laughs> Tyler Ennis gets Best the helmet and the shades last night. Classic line from Brady Kachuk. They obviously yell at him. Best to ever do it. And he goes, Gretzky, Crosby, <laughs> and Tyler Ennis. That was awesome, man. Those videos yeah. kill me. They always start with Nick Holden as well, hey? Oh, yeah. he He's definitely kind of the life of the party there. And for for uh, is he the oldest? Yeah, he's easily the oldest player uh, on that team. No. Congrats. Who is older than Holden? Oh, oh, Holden. I thought you meant Tyler Larenis. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, but Holden's the first guy in the room always, and he always has something to say. So, uh, yeah, it's it's good that Tyler Ennis got it there. And, uh, yeah, Brady with the classic line. Those are the only two players on last night's roster who are over over 31. Over 31. Forsberg's 30. A couple other guys are, are right there. Austin Watson's turning 30 this year as well. So, it's a young team, and it's a, an inexperienced team as well when you go up and down the lineup. If you're going up and down the box score, man, Brady Kachuk, I thought he was great. We had some people in the postcast arguing with that. I thought he really controlled the flow of this game. If you want to hear more about tonight's game, you can check out the postcast available wherever you download your podcast. But, Pilsy, we got lots more to get into in terms of off-ice, minor leagues, and prospects. Let's start with the off-ice. Pierre I almost said LeBron. He wrote the article on Pierre Dorian. A lot of Pierre is going on around here. No doubt. Actually, I will mention LeBron because he had a great quote here on Twitter after his article came out saying that an, an executive once texted him a trade proposal accidentally thinking he was sending it to Pierre Dorian. Oh, man. That must have been Pierre LeBron's best day. What a scoop. Yeah, but he said he never reported it. I mean, that's how you build your uh, rep, not reputation, but your That trust. executive's going to owe him one. Let's just say that exactly hold it over his head forever with the players involved but dorian why did he stay in winnipeg for two nights trust me the weather the weather is probably (laughs) the second reason but could he have been scouting the jets winnipeg took on the seattle kraken last night they hosted the minnesota wild a team that pierre dorian has been connected to as well he shed light on why he's been watching the minnesota wild we'll get to that in just a moment but first a message from our friends at built bar Built Bars are the protein bar that tastes 
just like a candy bar. They come in 16 amazing flavors. They're 100% covered in chocolate, soft, and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious guy or girl because you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, but they're high in protein and high in fiber. A nutritional grand slam. Go check them out right now at BuiltBar.com. And why not use our promo code? Because you're a listener of Locked On Senders. You're entitled to a 15% discount just by using the promo code LOCKED15. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy. So we mentioned that article, Pierre Lebrun, Pierre Dorian. What was your impression going through that one this morning? I mean, it was a good article, but uh, I think a lot of it is stuff we already kind of knew, just kind of all wrapped up together. We knew he had been scouting the wild. Um, We knew he was in Winnipeg. Now, I didn't fully realize he had been looking at Winnipeg a little bit closer, but it does make a lot of sense because Winnipeg's a team that they loaded up this offseason and they have so many contracts and if you're not going to make playoffs, you got to start figuring out how to shuffle some of that and how to clear up some cap space because they are going to have to re-sign Pierre-Luc Dubois here, and that's going to be a very interesting contract as he's an RFA. So I think they're looking to move some money. It just it's gonna it's gonna be interesting which contract they're looking to move because, like I said, that that team is so they have so much depth, but it's just not working out for them. So which piece are they going to decide? Hey, this is who we're going to let go. Still right in the thick of the playoff race, though. They've got uh, two games in hand on the Ducks. They've got the same amount of games, and they're three points out of the last wildcard spot. So it's not like their season's down the tubes right now, but they are in a situation where you have to look forward as well. So I'm curious, and hey, I wonder if there's someone with a connection to Ottawa on their team who could Mm -hmm. be a nice fit. Dylan DeMello. Would you trade Levi Marilainen for him straight up today? Uh, I mean, pro- yeah, probably, honestly. Like, we we love Levi, and I think there's a lot of potential there, but Dylan DeMello was just such a perfect fit in Ottawa. And he he was one of, we talked to Craig Medaglia, and he said he was one of the funniest guys in the room. He's a real glue guy. He was always willing to, to do uh, any of the social stuff. So I think that's a big boost, too. And he was Thomas Shabbat's partner. Like, that... <laughs> That solved that issue. Not that it's it's still an issue. There's a lot of options, but at least it was like, okay, DeMello's playing with Shabbat, not Zaitsev, which is solving that issue, really, if you look at it. But I, I think, yeah, I, I would do it because he's on a nice contract, only $3 million for three more years. Sure, his offense is as dry as it gets. I mean, has he even scored this one. year? One. One yeah. goal with Winnipeg overall since the trade. Yeah, so, but... You're, he's not, not brought in to do that, so no. that's fine. So I think I would do it, yeah. yeah. And and I think Dylan DeMello waves his claws to come back, no? I think so. I think he so. He also, I think he's expecting a, a child, and I, I believe that's why he wants to stay somewhere long-term. He yeah, got that fair. four-year contract from Winnipeg, so we'll see what happens on that front. What I do know, however, is why Pierre Dorian is following around the Minnesota Wild. He revealed to LeBron that he had a bit of a a conflict in how he viewed a player to his pro scout that covers Minnesota. So as one does, you get boots on the ground (laughs) and you go see for yourself, Pilsy. Absolutely. Yeah. And we talked a bit about this yesterday, but it's with the wild. It's so interesting because unlike the Jets Ross, they are firmly in a playoff spot and this is their window. Like 
I think next year is when the buyout penalties really two, hit. It's like two years. Two years? Okay. Well, when that hits, it's like $7 million in cap space of buyouts. So that's going to be tough to navigate around. So they have to be thinking like, all right, this is our window. We need to do everything we can. So I'd be very shocked if they move a roster player. And if you're the Senators, you're not looking for Minnesota Wild picks. So I, yeah. I'm not sure what the what the trade is here, to be honest. Yeah, maybe something in the offseason. By the way, it is $6.3 million each next year, but then it goes up to seven point four each for the following yeah. two years. So they're, they're so, going to so need It's guys- like $14 million then. Yeah, 14.7 in in two years from now and the year after that against the cap. It is absolutely wild. Uh, What else did you take away from Pierre Doria? I mean, he's saying that he's hopeful this is the last year they're a seller, but that means just that. They are selling. But again, they want to sign Nick Paul. We got his classic line that I think we need to stop like laughing about it because it's just kind of annoying at this point. We don't negotiate through the media. I guess... BG isn't a part of the media then because he was clearly negotiating on their behalf on Nick Paul a little while ago. So, I mean, it just puts my head in an absolute pretzel. I don't even want to deal with it. But with no update on Nick Paul, I guess, is the easiest way to say it. But other guys could be out the door. However, he said just as importantly, if there's a guy in Belleville who he doesn't feel is ready, it could be more beneficial to just keep the UFA throughout the season But then an interesting nugget actually was how he mentioned sometimes that's when agents get involved, right? And then are you on the blacklist because you didn't give their their client an opportunity to go somewhere and try to win a cup or at least have a chance at a big And increase their value, right? Like if you're not going to trade him and you're going to keep him here, like if he gets traded to a contender and goes on a cup run, that's going to increase his value on the free agent market a lot. So if you're not going to hold them, then you better have some enticing things to keep them there, which I think is fair. 100%. So that's the article. You can go read it at The Athletic. Uh, Pierre Lebrun does a great job there, even though he has zero interest of joining us on Locked On Centers. That's all right. We won't hold it against him, Pilsy. He's However, a busy guy. we do have lots of guys from the Belleville Senators who come on the show, and they are a busy bunch now. Four games in the next five days, and that's after an extended period of time off because the Laval Rocket had to postpone their game with them. On Wednesday. So let's get into that. A roundup of the prospect story. I'll also touch on Jake Sanderson briefly. So we'll get into that as well. Pilsy, first, you got a word from our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net, the trusted online sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And for a good reason. Sure, football season is over. I'm pretty sad about that. It didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. But that doesn't mean that you need to be on the sidelines anymore. Get back into the action with betonline.net because there's NHL still going on. That puck line hit. I live bet it at betonline.net and it hit. You got to love that. Thank you, Brady. Uh, There's NBA still going on. I was going to say baseball, but it's not looking like that's going to happen. But when it does happen, you can go to betonline.net because BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play all your favorite casino games. You want to play some blackjack, some poker, some roulette, some slots. They've got it all. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Pilsy. So the Ottawa Senators coming off a 3-1 win over the Buffalo Sabres and jumped them in the standings. So now the Senators sit sixth in the Atlantic Division, sixth in the wild card race and they're 18 points behind the Boston 
Bruins, who they not only have a game in hand with, but they play on Saturday. We're going to wrap up the show with a quick preview of tomorrow night's game. And again, after the game, join us in the postcast for each and every Ottawa Senators game. The team has 14 wins in 28 games. That doesn't sound as good as 14, 11, and 3. No. Since (laughs) the postcast era began December 1st against the Vancouver Canucks. So we'll touch on that a little bit later, but we should talk about Belleville right now because this is a team where you mentioned how they needed two of three last weekend. They got it. What do you think they need here? Four games in five days. You got the Marlies. You got an afternoon game on family day on Monday. This is going to be a busy stretch, but doesn't take away any of its importance. Definitely. And yeah, we talk about the division importance and this February is packed with division rivals. So it's a, a crucial month for them. But Ross, this is going to be a tough task going up against the Marlies uh, tonight and tomorrow night, especially because is Josh Hosang back for them? Probably, eh? No, no. I, I wouldn't think so. No? Okay. I, I want to say that the team stays at the Olympics until closing ceremonies, but even oh, still, really? he's probably got the jet lag or he wouldn't be stepping right back in, off the plane in the lineup. Yeah, I guess that's that's definitely fair. Beijing is a bit of a hop, skip, and a jump away yeah, from Toronto. Yeah, maybe too. Um, so that's good. No Hosang at least. But the the Marlies, like this is a team with so much firepower. We always talk about it. They're able to to spend big time down there, and it's one of the better teams in the league right now. So and with no with no Parker Kelly, no Philip Gustafson, I think the Belleville Centers are going to be feeling it here. I would say honestly, Ross, if they can get one point against the Marlies here back-to-back, like an overtime loss or something, that would be good. And then you really got to focus on getting points up against the Syracuse Crunch. That's Wait, where you're going to make point, One point in the two games combined? Yeah. No, you got to get a win. Need I a mean, win. <laughs> yeah. Like, Need a win. Yeah, I could sit here and say they got to get all four wins, but I don't think that's likely just because of the, the way the Marlies are playing lately. So if they can get one point, I think that's good. And then just focus on the Syracuse Crunch because that's a team where – you got to really get ahead of them. And they're a bit of a weaker team in this division. So I think if you can get five points in these four games, that's pretty solid. If the Senators can beat up on the Marlies these two games, you're looking at a, a gap now that would shrink heavily. Or if the Marlies win, it could be double digits by the end of the weekend. So you're right. Crucial against the Syracuse Crunch as well, who Belleville has two games in hand on them but they're only one point behind. So we'll see there. The prospects, the kids who everyone are curious about, Igor Sokolov has five points in his last six games. He had six shots on goal last game and a goal. So we're hoping that Igor can keep it rolling there. I wouldn't mind seeing a big weekend at Aerobi. I feel like he's he's teasing. He's starting to like almost heat up, but then he kind of fizzles off a little bit. Kind of, I mean, this was his scouting report all along though. Yeah, we, we knew this is what to expect from Roby Darventi. And I think he's going to be someone that for him to really hit his stride, it's going to take a little longer because he needs to round out the rest of his game to be more useful. He can't just be scoring goals or else he's doing nothing. So I think with Roby, it's going to take a little more time. But yeah, Igor's hot. Uncle Dally, what can you say? And hopefully <laughs> uh, this is this is a good chance for Mad Sogar to to really take the reins here with Philip Gustafson up in the NHL. And hey, Mando's back from uh, the Atlanta Gladiators. So this is going to be an interesting stretch for Belleville. I wish they had a little more firepower here, but it's it's go time in February. Michael Delzato sitting fifth in team scoring. He's played less than half the amount yeah. of games 
as everybody else. Igor Sokolov leads the team in scoring with 27 points in 33 games. Roby only has six goals in 36 games, 20 points as well. And with Roby, we've got to remember, man, this kid's 19 years old. Yeah, exactly. he and Igor were drafted the same year, but Igor had been passed over twice in the draft. So he's still got two years of maturity on him. So and Elite Prospects is doing a great thing right now. I like it. They're adding a projected underneath. It's, yeah. it's in green highlights. So Roby's projected to have a 40-point season if he played all 70 here in the AHL. He had a three-game point streak where he had four in those three games, but then he's gone cold, no points in his last two. So I'm watching Roby this weekend for Belleville, and also you mentioned Matt Sogard, key, key piece. Another key blue chip piece is Jake Sanderson. It sounds didn't sound that great from what Pierre Dorian said. It says he's really hurting. It says they hope he can get back for North Dakota. You think there's a chance he missed the rest of the season? Brandon Pillar, not a doctor. I don't know what's going on with Jake Sanderson here, but I was not under the impression that it was a long-term injury. Like I thought it was a day-to-day thing, Ross. Like what wasn't he practicing, hoping maybe he would go in that game up against uh, Sl- Slovakia? Yeah, I th- I thought so. It seemed like day to day, but the way Dorian worded it, it just seemed like to put fuel in the Dorian fire. talked a, about a lot of doctors. He talked about Team USA's doctors, North Dakota's doctors, their doctors. Like, holy moly, what's going on here? Yeah, I got the quote right here. We know that Team USA doctors are really good. I know he was in a lot of pain. I don't really want to talk about the injury, but once he gets back to USA, I'm sure the people at North Dakota will take a look at him. We hope. He can finish the season at North Dakota. The plan all along was for him to bring North Dakota to a championship this year and join us after that. So not the best outlook, but again, you said it. He was day-to-day. So yeah, let's just stick with that. It makes me feel a little bit better. North Dakota has a a big weekend against Minnesota Duluth on the road. That's going to be a huge test as well. So let's see how Tyler Clevin can handle the extra added pressure of being the number one defenseman on this NODAC team. So I'm excited to see how he handles it and what the, what's next for them because their season, like it's only a few weekends away here until the NCHC frozen faceoff in the second week of March, less than a month away from that Pilsy. So they need to get there. Uh, they need to get going here sooner rather than later if they want to make a run through the NCHC faceoff and then beyond into the tournament. Pilsy, fun fact about the tournament The final is in Boston this year at TD, and the Sens play at TD the day after the championship game. That's nice. That works Mm. out all right, eh? Mm. We'll see. We'll see. see. (laughs) All that to say, Jake Sanderson on his way back soon, although he's still enjoying the Olympics. Good on him. Imagine he just got hurt and came right back. So glad he's getting to experience the Olympic Village and all it has to offer. Ridley Gregg back in action tonight. We've been talking about Ridley all week, so you can go back and listen to any episode of Locked On Senders. The only game he hasn't had a point in in his last five is the one I went to. So way to go, me. Absolutely mushing Ridley in that one. The hit the other night, I think the boards are still shaking, and that kid's probably still wondering what day of the week it is after that one. Um, Any other prospect notes? Oh, I guess the other big one is Tyler Boucher going to be back in the lineup tonight. What are you hoping to see? I guess play a full game? Ross, I'll say it again. A conservative effort. Like, I know you want me to say, oh, I hope he has six hits and ten goals. But let's just, (laughs) yeah, let's just get a couple shifts in here. Like, just get the legs feeling the ice again. Touch the puck a couple times. Like, 
Let's take it nice and easy because we want him to be able to finish the rest of the season. It is insane to have a 10th overall pick that doesn't hasn't had an opportunity to play the year you draft him. So I really hope that he just takes it easy. No injuries. I don't. He doesn't have to have any points. Just get through this game and get through the weekend. All right, and we're going to head into the weekend with a preview of our game against the Boston Bruins on Saturday. The Senators also playing on Sunday, hosting the New York Rangers. That's a 5 p.m. start Eastern time on Sunday. But before we get to that, we put out a tweet at Send Central, and it got a lot of action. And I'm curious, just a quick answer, Pilsy. We don't need to dive into this. People can go at Send Central on Twitter and find it. But I asked yesterday, if you could add one NHL player to the current Ottawa Senators free of charge, take off McDavid. That's too easy of an answer. Who would you like to see added to this current group? I mean, if we're playing fantasy land and free of charge, I'm a big Miko Rantanen guy. Like imagine Miko Rantanen playing with Stutzla. Oh my God. Goodness, that would be incredible. So if 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 that's the game we're playing, that's where I'm going. <laughs> Lots of great answers here. Uh, our boy at Leams Martian says Patrick Laine. I don't love that, which is that's a funny pick for Leams Martian because I feel like he doesn't play the style that uh, Martian gets into. And the thing is with uh, Patrick Laine, I'm not so sure of how much he would fit into this culture. You know what I mean? And the Sens are building a culture here. The last thing you want to do is have kind of a fair weather guy join. Am I am I looking over Line's offensive abilities? No, not at all. But I think it's more about the fit than it is about the player's abilities, in in my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, we're getting people saying Mark Stone as, oh as well. Yeah. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers is the name that came up. Like, yep. I, I feel like big-time scoring wingers are of a premium here. However... How is nobody saying, and sure, their goaltending has been unreal recently, but if you could add Andre Vasilevsky to this team, you're you're immediately getting a few extra wins in your bag. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So fun, fun answers here. Go check it out on Twitter at Send Central. All right. The Ottawa Senators taking on the Boston Bruins, a team that they didn't score against last week. And now the Bruins are adding their best defensive player on the roster. So here's how we expect the Bruins to line up tomorrow. The Boston Bruins come in with a record of 27, 17, and 4, but they only have three wins in their last 10 games. 3, 5, and 2. Their top score still suspended. Brad Marchand, 49 points in 39 games. Their lineup goes as follows. Patrice Bergeron at center between Hall and Pasternak. Then Charlie Coyle between Trent Frederick. And we got Riley Riley Smith? Or am I? No. Uh, Craig Smith, rather. Craig Smith, formerly of the Nashville Predators. Third line, it's Eric Howla with Jake DeBrusque. We got Nick Foligno there. And then the fourth line, Nosek, Blid, and Curtis Lazar. On defense, Mike Riley, Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick, Brandon Carlo, Derek Forbert, and Yurho Vakaninen. We're not sure which goalie will play. It's either Olmark or Swayman, who had a shutout against the Ottawa Senators just last week i'd imagine they go back to swayman if it ain't broke don't fix it type thing but what's your impression on this bruins team we just saw them how do you think you need to play to beat them adding patrice bergeron to this team completely changes everything like it's it's like taking a thomas shabbat on or off the sense right like he's the guy that this team everything drips down from even i would say more than marchant because 
Patrice Bergeron does it quietly, where Marchand, it's it's loud and in your face, so it tends to get noticed more. Um, but what Patrice Bergeron does in the face-off dot, what he does defensively, how he's able to facilitate the puck, like having Taylor Hall and uh, David Pasternak on his line is going to be absolutely deadly. So I think the Sens are going to have a much different look here. But Ross, as you mentioned, the buff or sorry, the Boston Bruins have been struggling lately without Marchand and Bergeron. Like six six nothing loss to Carolina before they saw the Sens. Two nothing win, sure, but. That wasn't a dominant win by any stretch of the any stretch of the imagination. Then you get a two one loss to New York, then a four one loss to New York Islanders. So in the last four games, they've scored four goals. So wow. this is a team where, sure, the Ottawa Senators maybe aren't scoring much, but at least the team they're going up against is struggling as well. Yeah, wow, that's a great point. So we'll see. This is gonna be an interesting. Uh litmus test for the Ottawa Senators who will be without Thomas Shabbat still. We're unsure about Matt Murray. I'd imagine he's not playing. Though. I don't think he's coming back till next week. That would be my guess. All right. And then we know already the, the offensive firepower that's out of the lineup. So this Ottawa Senators team, they're going to have to be a scrappy bunch if they plan on getting two points against the Boston Bruins Pillsy. We'll be watching that one. And then we'll be in the postcast afterwards. I got a stat for you on the way out. This was brought to you by Ethan by Ethan Canuck on Instagram. Ethan Canuck 10. Fun stat for you guys. Unconfirmed. Brady Kachuk penalty minutes in wins? 10. In losses? 56. Wow. Yeah. So huh. you got... Yeah, that is. That's a hot stat, hey? Yeah, because at first my initial thing was to party poop and be like, well, yeah, the Sens have more losses. So that's obviously going to add more penalty minutes, but But it it is a lot. That's the thing. It's, it's enough that uh, you can look at it and I guess you don't want Brady Kachuk fighting. Otherwise that's a guaranteed L. Yeah. But I mean, then you look at it, that's five minutes where he's not able to contribute. So it makes sense. Yeah. Interesting stats. Something to chew on for the weekend. And again, you can find us in the postcast right here on our YouTube channel Saturday and Sunday after the games. Might even be joined by Locked On Rangers host. That's up in the air. But what we can tell you is for sure, if you subscribe to YouTube and hit that like button right there, I think. And uh, and you'll be the first to know when the postcast goes live. Usually we start about 10 minutes after the game. couple of tough opponents this weekend. And we'll break it down every step of the way. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senator Podcast, your team every day.